I've always thought it very important, you know, to bring up that because of the podcast, I've been fortunate enough to meet wonderful individuals that I never would have met otherwise. And because of my radio days, I was able to come across a young lady many, 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 many years ago, one Bobby Saponsky, and she was a listener with an attitude, and she just was kind of like, hey, I like listening to you. I think we think alike, and well, you just seem like a nice person, and I would like to come and say hello, and that was really kind of it. It was just the neatest thing, and come to find out, she's just the neatest woman, and I am so blessed that she was kind enough to reach out and be, maybe she knew I was lonely and needed friends, (laughs) and she felt for me, but she became one of my nearest and dearest friends, and whether I see her or don't see her, I know that just like she would for me, I would be there for her in a heartbeat. But she's a wonderful woman, and she has a great attitude, and she's gone through some things in her life. And she doesn't have our illness, but she has had to deal with things where she's had to be her own advocate. And she has a a wonderful story to tell, and I invite you to enjoy the next time that, uh, the next little bit of time that you have coming up with Miss Bobby Saponsky here on AWOL Zebra. Thank you for being here. Follow us on Spotify. Have a lovely day. Hey there, Christy Lynn Hanchi, AWOL Zebra, and I'm excited. Every time I have the opportunity to bring someone on to the podcast that I think can enrich our lives and somehow I look forward to doing it. And today I am so excited because I get to bring on one of my closest friends. And it's funny because I say closest and it's so difficult trying to get together to see each other, but I would do anything for this woman. I met her back in my talk radio days, so she's a fired up woman. I can't wait to share her thoughts with you. Bobby Saponsky, welcome to AWOL Zebra. How are you? Hey, I'm great, Christy. It is so awesome to finally be here. I'm so glad that we finally made it work and that you are here. And I'm excited because we have no rules. We have no bosses. We can say, do whatever we want. No FCC. I'm so excited. (laughs) No censorship. I love it. That's right. It's it's just you and me, babe. We've got it. Now... What I love is that this this AWOL Zebra is for individuals with HEDS, individuals mm-hmm. with just individuals that have this illness. But I believe that we can all learn how to effectively fight our individual illness by learning from others that don't have our illness as well. It's like Mm -hmm. I ask people work on your fascia. My husband works on his fascia. He doesn't have the illness, but it's helped him tremendously. You don't have our illness. You have another rare disease and, but you have been put in a situation much like the zebras where you are having to advocate and fight for yourself. You like myself, 
accidentally became an admin of a group <laughs> and you see all of the things out there and you see what a hindrance it can do to somebody's esteem when they lose the desire to advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> you know, in our day and age, sorry, I keep losing my voice. <clears throat> In our day and age, when we have computers, they're beneficial to us from the standpoint that we can do research. We can find out if there's something wrong with us. We can find out about it. Sadly, when we do go to the doctor and we get test results, if the test results are not explained to us, we can look it up. So we have advantages, but we also have disadvantages in the sense that we have social media and sometimes, sorry. No, you're fine. (laughs) Need to do. You're fine. Sometimes um, when we join groups to be with people that may suffer from whatever we're suffering from, those people can either be encouraging discouraging um and people have lost the ability to think for themselves and i think social media is really to blame for it um because the people go on social media and they join a group if they have you know something wrong with them or um and they look at what the other people in the group are posting and they make that their own gotcha. instead of using their own mind to make a personal decision for themselves, they go by what other people experienced in their bodies, in their minds, in their lives. <clears throat> and they, and they don't want to change. They, they, you know, it, it's really become a great, social media has really become a great scapegoat because people have given up on ownership of themselves. They turn themselves over to the people in their group and whatever, and, and this doesn't even, this doesn't even go entirely, you know, for illnesses, but restaurants. So somebody says they don't like a restaurant chain and without even having ever been to that restaurant chain 50 people don't like that restaurant chain either and you know i get on these different groups and it's amazing i'm actually on any group because i am (laughs) really it's amazing i haven't been kicked off um because i'm really blatantly honest and i say you know how do you know you don't like going to that restaurant. You've never even been there. And you admit that you've never been there, but you say you will never go because somebody had a bad experience. That to me is a very sad statement. And that's not what life's all about. Life's about experience. And life is about formulating your own opinion um, and not relying on others not relying on others. And that for me um, goes to the level of having a medical condition. You know, you're not 
relying on your doctor, right? You go to them and you give them your copay, but you can't rely on them totally. You have to be responsible for yourself. You have to be verbal. You have to communicate. Um, and you just can't sit back and, you know, just kind of be the co-pilot of your life. I mean, you have to, you have to advocate for yourself. And I feel, you know, it's unfortunate because some people, there are a lot of people actually that aren't verbal like you and I are, and they can't even fathom talking up to their doctor. Um, they just don't have that in them. And for those people, that's, you know, that's a different situation. But for the people, you know, everyone has a voice. Um, everyone should be heard. And it doesn't matter who you're talking to, you know, whether it's your doctor or, or a loved one or a friend. I mean, you need to, you need to have a communication set up. And the thing is, though, it's now I know for you, you were advocating for yourself, but when you are an individual, like I lost my voice at one point mm -hmm. and I was having to write things down and, and I was struggling, you know, I was afraid that my, my closest people weren't listening to me and how in the world was I going to do it when a person has been beaten down you lose the will to no matter how well you speak or, or 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 fight you you start to lose your your will to do it when every mm -hmm. avenue you you go every direction they're telling you it's in your head this isn't going to work so right. how do you how did, how did you find the strength to advocate when you were just told this is your new normal this is the way things are going to be how did you find the fight because a lot of people I mean, like I said, there's a lot of me tours out there, but then mm -hmm. there are a lot of individuals out there that really just don't know how to begin. What words would you would give to them so that they wouldn't lose the will to advocate for themselves? Well, I mean, first of all, I think you, you know, you do need the knowledge. Um, so in my situation, um, why two separate, two separate situations but related to each other so um i do suffer from blepharospasm so blepharospasm is considered a rare disease it's when part of your brain um the part of your brain that controls your eyelid muscles is not firing correctly and so what winds up happening is that you basically um you can't open your eyes so your sight's fine. You can have 20-20 vision, but you cannot open your eyes. And there's no reason and, for it. There's no reason. No, yeah. it just it just happens. So okay. most cases of it um, happen from age 40 to 60. Um, so those are the ages where you're most likely to develop it. So what happened with me was... Um, you know, I've, I started suffering from dry eye really bad. So I went to the doctor and of course, you know, I got my Zydra and um, other dry eye medications. And then I noticed that, you know, I was having problems opening my eyes and I, I literally 
have been to every eye doctor and eye specialist. There's a, a big practice here in um, Southeastern Virginia. I have literally seen every eye doctor in that practice. Wow. And so when I went there, you know, it was first, it was, you know, testing me for allergies and testing, they tested me for everything. And it, it just kept getting worse, kept getting worse. And then I went, you know, I can no longer travel to that practice. So I went to their practice locally. And then I went to, an, I've been to every, <laughs> I mean, every eye specialist in our area. Right. Um, and then it just kept getting worse and it kept getting worse. And I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't open my eyes. So then it got, it was dryness, but then it was light sensitivity. I mean, so horrible, so horrible. So then I had surgery because I was told I had extra tissue in my eye that needed to be removed and that that was causing the problem. So I actually did have eye surgery and then that didn't help. So it just kept getting worse, kept getting worse. And I mean, it got to the point where I, I really could not open my eyes. Perfectly sighted. My husband had to, you know, grab me by the arm and help me around. And I had also gotten into this horrible habit of rubbing my eyes constantly because I thought <clears throat> it was like, psychologically, I thought, you know, I'm going to rub my eyes and everything's going to be better. And it was just this horrible habit. Um, and my life was, was horrible. I mean, it was just horrible. I was trying to work. Um, I was trying to drive my company car. I won't even tell you how many car accidents I was in. Um, and I knew, and I, and then, so I got to the point with the doctors and I said, you know, do I have blepharospasm? No, I don't think you do. I went to a neurologist and who specialized in it. And the day I went to that doctor, my eyes were wide open like a deer in headlight. Oh, of course. They never, nothing's ever broke when you need it to be. I, and it was <laughs> like, what in the world? This guy could have helped me. And my eyes are like, nope, we're opening today. <laughs> so um, it kept going on. And I had fallen, I had broken my wrist. Um, I had fallen off my deck and I fractured my tibia and I, I said, this is it. Uh, this is it. So now I can't walk and I can't see. And I thought, you know, this, I'm not doing this anymore. So finally, you know, after all the doctors that I was going to said, no, you don't have this disease. I finally sat here and in December of 2020, I actually, there's a blepharospasm society and I contacted the woman who heads up the blepharospasm society and she and I talked and she sent me newsletters and information and she sent me the name of a specialist here and he was the one doctor 
in the big practice that I was originally told to see, but never did. Oh my gosh, you're kidding me. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. And so I went absolutely full circle, went back to the first doctor that I was supposed to see, but never did. Do you know Um, that, that, that pains me because in a roundabout way, I am back with the neurologist with the very first one who is the one that I was supposed to see, but his schedule was so backed up. They put me in with the other one. And then I went Mm -hmm. all the way around to get back to the same facility, which is frustrating, Mm -hmm. but you had to do it. And I mean, you had to advocate for yourself to get to that point. I mean, that's, that's what's painting me is that it it's, it's like you went, all the way around and you could have just gotten help at the very same place mm-hmm. but you were sent yeah at- and in, i mean if one of the doctors and why you know i mean things that you never will have answers to why when i knew full well what was wrong with me i knew i had it because i i researched blood for a spasm and when I knew what it was and knew that I had it and then I'm sitting in the doctor's office and asking them, do I have this? And they're saying no. And they didn't. Yeah. Why, you know, why that happens? I have no idea. But you just brought up a very good point where, because I didn't rudely interrupt you to rudely interrupt you when I did. And I apologize, but it's a point where you started off saying how, and I don't know if we were talking before when we were talking about the Botox, about somebody having a bad experience about it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. everybody's turned away from Botox. Well, mm-hmm. if I hadn't advocated and fought, I wouldn't have gotten to get to the EDS neurologist that I needed to. And if you hadn't have fought and done everything that you needed to, you wouldn't have gotten to the person that you needed. The sad thing is, or the funny thing, I don't know, is that we both found help at the very place we probably never would have gone back to based on our personal experiences. Mm-hmm. So we had to look beyond that. So that's just, does, does that make sense going to like your Botox thing, how you were saying like some people will swear off the, or swear off the restaurant completely because right. one person, whereas you didn't allow yourself to be sworn off from this place because of your previous bad experiences. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that says a lot about you, if I may say so. I mean, it really does because my gosh, I mean, it, it's like, why do you want to go back to the very place that started you off on the wrong foot? Mm-hmm. But you did to find out that you got the best information you could have. Right. And the treatment and, you know, and got made better. And, you know, let me make clear that when I did get to my doctor, I let it be known that I had seen every doctor in that practice. And, you know, he was at a loss. I mean, because it was so, you know, if somebody walks in there and they're being led in and their eyes are clamped shut, there's no question about what's going wrong with them. You know what I'm saying? And so it was just as much of a mystery to him but I did let it be known that, hey, 
you know, all of your colleagues in this practice couldn't diagnose me when it was just, you know, you didn't have to wonder about it. You didn't have to test for it. All you had to do was look at me. Wow. You know, so I, you know, I couldn't help that, but you know, it's things like that. I mean, you, you just have to communicate. You can't let things like that, um, stay inside you, you know, um, it, it was, was it mistreatment? Yeah. I mean, for whatever reason, whether, you know, they thought I was a cash cow and because I just kept coming back hoping that that next visit would be the one that would help me. But, you know, that's not what the medical profession is supposed to be for. They're supposed to be there to help you. And I think that um, in this journey, and you've probably experienced that too, you know, that is the way it should be, but it's not necessarily the way it is. And that's why you have to stick up for yourself. You have to advocate um, for yourself. And, and then after, um, it happened to me again, mm. it happened to me again. So I'm, you know, I'm in the process of getting treated, you know, or getting set up to be treated for the blood for spasm. I fly off the deck because I can't see. And, um, so I hear this loud pop because my leg hits the side oh of the God. deck and well, now, you know, I can't walk, did not go to the emergency room, which was really stupid, but you know, you, you just don't right. I know. <laughs> you do stupid I... stuff like that. <laughs> um, so then I go to the doctor, this was on a Saturday. I go to the doctor on Monday and I, my husband's wheeling me in there because I obviously cannot put weight on this leg. And he looks at my leg and he tells me he thinks it's sprained. Now he has an x-ray machine in his office. Does he x-ray my leg? Nope. <laughs> so off I go in my little wheelchair that I borrowed from one of the women that works for me. And probably about a week or so later, and my brother-in-law was here staying with me. And, and he said, you know, he said, you really should get that x-ray. You really should. Well, I went back to the doctor and he, and I asked him, I said, can you please x-ray my leg? And he x-rayed my leg and I had a compound tibial plateau fracture. Oh my gosh. Oh and, my gosh. Oh yeah. And if you could have seen the look on, on his face and I was like, and the look on my face, like who comes in here? Who, what patient of yours comes in here that every time you've seen them has walked in on their own volition and now they're being wheeled in a wheelchair because they can't walk? Who doesn't take an x-ray? Who does that? Oh. Who doesn't do that? I mean, evidently. <laughs> yeah. Where are you at? <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, I mean, Bobby, I, I'm, I'm not laughing like, like, like this is horrific. It's unbelievable. This is, this is horrific, but this is what leads us to, you know, not seeking medical attention or, right. or, or not pursuing things. I mean, the very people that, you know, you 
will, you know, maybe bow down to and say, okay, yes, you're, you know, if you're telling me it's this, it's this, and, and you take their word as the gospel, that very same mm -hmm. person sent you away. Right. And you had a compound everything. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then what? I mean. Well, then, I mean, obviously I needed surgery. Hmm. So then I, he had sent me to a doctor and I went to that doctor and I went to him on a Friday and he said to me, okay, we're going to do your surgery on Monday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday surgery. He said, we're going to do your surgery on Monday. We're going to set you up for home health care. And I mean, he gave me this whole list of things and I couldn't even absorb. So I knew my husband went with me. We did not like this doctor. We didn't like his bedside manner. We didn't like anything about him. So I put him off and I said, you know, I said, I really want a second opinion. Well, that's not so easy to get. So what I did was I came home and now mind you, I still can't open my eyes. So when I had to use my computer, I had the brightness turned down as far as it could go. Nobody could see my computer screen but me. I had sunglasses on and a visor to block the light. But I am trying to work and now I am desperately trying to find a doctor that is going to fix my leg. Oh my gosh. So I, mean, I started, taping, I mean, are you taping your eyelids up at this point? Not trying to be funny. I mean, I'm seriously, I wasn't, Okay. I wasn't, okay. but I started to have to do that okay. to drive. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so at home, you know, I was just like putting hats and visors and sunglasses and turning the lights off and every, you know, everything like that. So I hadn't gotten to the taping part yet. So through the little, like through my little glint of light that I could see to um, operate my computer, I started to try and find a doctor. So fortunately, because of the um, facility I have here, all of my x-rays were online, right? So anybody can see them as long as I give them permission to view. I must have called every orthopedic specialist in this area. One of them was going to do my surgery. His, um, his office assistant actually said he was in another surgery. He was going to look at my x-rays and he would, you know, he'd be back in touch with me to schedule. He looked at my x-rays and, and everyone turned me down. He turned me down. He said, you need an orthopedic trauma surgeon. Well, locally, the only way you get to an orthopedic trauma surgeon is if you go to the emergency room. Wow. You cannot go to the orthopedic trauma right. surgeon unless you go through the emergency room. So then, it, talk about irony, the doctor, I had an appointment with the doctor that was supposed to do the surgery, and I told him, I said, I, you know, I really do want a second opinion. Well, he actually 
did some work with the orthopedic trauma surgery team. And he actually got me to an orthopedic trauma surgeon. So I've had a lot of irony, you know, with doctors that I should have seen, doctors that I could have seen, doctors that I wanted to see. But my point in, in the long story is that had I not been perseverant, right. that is the key to this whole, that's, that's my whole point to, to my stories is perseverance and communication and being verbal, not giving up and fighting for yourself and fighting for your health and fighting for what you know to be right for you. You, you are the bulldog that I would be bringing to. <laughs> no, I, I'll tell you, there's a lot can, can be said you know, about text messages or this, that, and the other, but I have been at many a low points during my life and you have happened to send me messages at the right time that just, I knew that if I had to have somebody have my back, it was you and you were going in and scratching. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, you know, sometimes you want me on your side and sometimes you don't because I am telling you, I am telling you, my husband has a nickname for me. He calls me the queen bee because whether it's a bad meal at a restaurant, um, bad, you know, cable service, phone service, I am telling you, you do not want to mess with me because I just... You know, I just don't, I just don't take it. And life is too short. Um, you know, when I met, when I met John, we had a policy for our relationship and that was don't settle. Um, don't settle. You know, there, there's better. Don't just settle for what you're handed. Don't just you know, get better, get something better, step up. But that's, you know, you need to make that happen. It's, it's not going to happen. You know, a lot of people are not verbal. Um, not everyone. I think it's, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. So we're pretty straight <laughs> hitters. Um, New Yorkers are pretty straightforward. Um, and it's funny because being here in Southeastern Virginia, sometimes, especially the people that work for me, you know, I don't sugarcoat anything. And sometimes I really have to watch myself because I am a little too straightforward. Um, so I have to tone it down a little bit, but you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get anywhere. You know, you're not going to get better. You're not going to, your life's not going to get better. You have to formulate your own opinions you have to experience things for yourself. You have to advocate for yourself. Um, it's, it's hugely important. It's hugely important whether you have something, a medical condition or just in your general life um, with people providing services for you. You know, the guy that installs your heating system, we had a horrible experience with a company um, and we really, we 
we went to the ends to, you know, get them to be accountable. It's about accountability. Everyone's got accountability for something. The person at the restaurant that you go to that's serving you, that's preparing your food, that's accountability. And if, if what you're being given doesn't measure up to the standards then you have to you have to let people know what's going on because if you don't it keeps going it keeps going on and it it's you know it shouldn't it shouldn't what happened to me you know with the medical profession um i wasn't you know at the at the time for the years that i went to the doctors about the dry eye you know i wasn't informed enough about what was really wrong with me to to make it better to be really verbal and it took you know that took time for me to do my research and get my ducks in a row but once that happened there was no stopping me from from getting better and you know i don't listen to people um i am on two different blepharospasm groups the one that i um I manage and another one and some of the posts on there are really sad people you know Botox is what works it doesn't work for everybody it doesn't work forever um I hope sincerely I hope and pray every day that it does not fail me because I don't know what I would do I know that I can't go back to the way I was um but you know you have to try and there's people on there that are just flat out suffering that have never done anything, um, never plan on doing anything. And people, you know, the other thing that I love is people blame it on age. Well, you know, I'm, I'm 75 years old and, you know, so that means that you have to commit yourself to a life of misery, you know, that you can't enjoy, that you've missed out on years that you should have been enjoying yourself and you have to, live like that for the rest of the years that you have left it's a lousy excuse it's yeah. lousy no you're, you're you're exactly right and and it's sad because you know when it is a medical issue and it, and it can be debilitating i mean my goodness i don't know how you're doing research while you're holding your eyelids open it's mm-hmm. not you know uh, eyelids not opening and not being able to talk aren't conducive to things we're trying to do in life. So right, exactly. If we lose those abilities, then what do we do? And I had you share your story because there are so many people that are out there talking the talk and, and spreading this and saying this will work and that'll work. But I never see them have down days, but they want my money because they're going to help me. You mm-hmm. aren't asking for anybody's money. You aren't offering any mm-hmm. services, but you are out there promoting advocating for yourself and you actually have done it i mean you have i mean by you sharing your story with what you've been through the compound fractures and and being led around to all of these different doctors no one can look at you and say oh well you it's easy for you to say advocate for yourself because you haven't done this you haven't done that no you've been to hell and back with this illness Mm -hmm. and you still have managed to advocate for yourself and, and come out on the other end. And 
I think that's absolutely wonderful. And the fact that when you, you brought up the Botox, like you said, it's a lifesaver for you. There are some people that haven't had a good experience. And I think, as you were saying, like in your groups, people are, are they like posting and saying that this is horrible. So they're taking people from doing something that could possibly help them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, you know, you have to do it. Um, it is the treatment of choice right now for blepharospasm sufferers. Um, when it does fail, there are, are different types of surgeries that you can go to um, where they, you know, they operate on the nerves around your eyes. Basically what the Botox does is it paralyzes the nerves around your eyes and it makes it, you know, like I can close my eyes, but they, especially my left one, when I go to sleep, it doesn't close all the way. I mean, it, the, the muscles are paralyzed. So um, permanently drying out. Hmm? How do you keep your eye from drying out if it doesn't close completely? It does. You know what? It really doesn't dry. I mean, it's closed enough. Um, and it's funny that you should say that because in my previous life, um, I had eye drops everywhere. I mean, I spent thousands of dollars on drops. There were drops in my car, drops at my desk, drops in the living room, drops in the bathroom, drops in the kitchen. I mean, I was constantly using drops. Do you know how many times I've washed my bottle of drops? Because I'm, I've got them everywhere. I too. Drops <laughs> everywhere. My husband's like, are you washing them again? Yes. And, and I mean, I've tried everything buy everything do you still you don't have any of those as a matter of fact i've got to put some in now we're talking about it my eyes are drying just <laughs> about it i you, you know i have some allergy drops and the biggest thing i do have allergies and, and that affect my eyes and the worst thing right now is my eyes get really itchy and um you have to watch with the botox especially right after you first got gotten your injections that you don't rub because it affects the distribution so um right now i just have drops you know like allergy drops for dryness but um i really don't you know i really don't need um you know drops for um moisture anymore wow. i that's, don't use them that's so because i mean i have my you know i just got done with my second round of amniotic membrane contact lenses Oh, wow. You know, and they helped tremendously the first time. It, it's gotten to where my eyes were so bad, the scars that I had to wear, the medical contact lenses, which, are you familiar with those? The big ones? The glass, like the, yeah. It, you have to like tilt over to put them in. Oh my gosh. They're, I did I did research on uh, them because, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're horrible. It's, it's putting a piece of glass in your eye, but you have to fill it up with liquid. And I mean, there were many a nights that Wyland would sit there reading the instructions to me while I cried and he would help oh me try gosh. to pull it out. But Chris was like, uh-uh. Wyland's like, I'll get it out. But the dealing with the dry eyes and everything, it's such a miserable experience. And I'm sitting here, like I'm on Mebo now four times a day trying that to deal with it. But I can't imagine going from all of those eye drops to nothing except allergy. You must feel, I mean, cause that's incredible. Not, 
to be to be able to walk out of the house and not freak out because you don't have your eye drops or your chapstick and you know you're not going to be able to function is right it's nice not to have to have that attached to you isn't it it is and you know and then you know the tape so you you earlier mentioned taping my eyelids um and i did resort to that you know for driving fortunately well fortunately or not fortunately um you know like i i hit the the skids in um 2020 so when COVID hit um you know my company furloughed um for a couple of weeks and so i was off the road my people weren't working i got furloughed for a couple of weeks so you know fortunately i didn't have to drive anywhere because prior to that i mean most of my job um is supposed to be a lot of field related stuff so it gave me the time to you know stay home and just um kind of wallow in my own misery but you know i didn't have to pretend i didn't have to you know fake it i didn't have to go out you know driving was not mandatory it was just an option your vision Um, wasn't a problem at for anyone else you didn't have to hide from anyone at this point right okay right yeah so um that was i mean that you know the covid epidemic kind of gave me i mean that was really the catalyst for giving me the time you know because trying to do research in between my job was hard gotcha um but it gave me the time to you know really wallow and say to myself you know this is not what i want for myself you know it was just it, it just got to be too much you know and you know we we haven't even talked about the emotional um aspect of having something wrong with you and the you know the mental aspect of it and you know we can we can debilitate ourselves um with how we feel about ourselves and negativity and frustration and hopelessness oh my goodness that that's enough it i always say that it's the mental the i i say that you know, HEDS, it's, it's a mental illness as far as mentally you have to, you have to be your own cheerleader, mm-hmm. have to give yourself reasons and like the, you know, reward yourself for every little thing that you've done that you wouldn't do so in the past, which Definitely. is kind of sad. I mean, just as a matter of fact, I'm looking at it right now. I just put together my workout bag and it's a bag that has my name on it that was given to me many 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 years <laughs> and i have just filled it up i purchased myself a lock and i joined the y and oh awesome i was so excited but i was thrilled because i was like okay i'm packing my bag that came from my friend bobby and <laughs> i am going to go work out which is something that I wouldn't have said two years ago because I was in the bed. So yay me. So I was mm-hmm. thrilled putting everything in it. And then it was That's filled awesome. and packed and it's just sitting there at the door looking at me, but it's there. That's right. <laughs> it's an, it, that's I'm right. Trying, it's an accomplishment, but that's the thing is that you were able to, I, I mean, 
you had to take something out of your life in order for you to be able to become your your own advocate to become your cheerleader and sadly it was the pandemic Mm -hmm. but it gave you the opportunity to stay home and get your ground you know be able to complete your job that that's that to me is a blessing in itself is that you were able to keep your job and you're able to keep things going and it's like you didn't miss a beat i don't know how in the world you did it but (laughs) it wasn't easy no but i'm just saying that it's the little things that we do, we we have to mentally come you know combat them. However, we do. And if mine is packing a bag and then saying, "Okay, well, this came from someone who really likes me, so that's a plus." So I'm like a positive. I have a friend in my life, and then I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm going to go work out. This is good." So mentally, I am trying to tell myself. Why all of these things are really good as opposed to looking at that bag by the front door going, well, it's another day I haven't gotten out the door. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Well, you can't, you know, and it's how you look at things too. So you can't see that bag sitting by the door. And so I'm going with you now because I got you that bag. You can't see the bag sitting by the door and feel like a failure if you don't go. You know, you got the bag together. Are you going to go? Yeah. When you're going to go, you're going to go when you, when you feel up to it, when you feel like you can, you know, make the commitment, keep the commitment, but you have, you know, you have the ambition, you have, you have that want and that's, what's missing from a lot of people. They, they don't, they don't have that drive. They don't have a desire to move forward or, or to try something new or to better themselves or to advocate for themselves. So, you know, that's, you made that step, you made that start. Sometimes that's all you need to do. Well, let's hope. <laughs> I have faith in you. You'll do it. I know you will. I, well, we'll see. I hope. I loved it when you said that, you know, it's like, I've got my bag. You're going with me. <laughs> we might have to try to make that a reality. I, you know, this, this is true. I, I'll tell you because, you know, because I worked in a booth and nobody could get to me. I loved it. You know, I, I loved that alone time. I, I liked my job. I liked what I did and I could see people when I wanted to see people. Well, now I've got this illness and, you don't get to see people the way you want to, and you don't get to do things. And so I thought, well, I've got a local group and I posted in my local group Would anybody be willing to like walk on, walk on water. Yes. Come walk on water <laughs> with Christy. Walk in the water with me at the Y. Now, either people just don't care for me or <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants to do it. I can take a couple different ways, but most of the people that responded, uh, some had already moved out of town and were like, I would try it, but I've moved. Another person was like, I do that, but I'm in Virginia Beach. And, you know, by the time I make that trip, and I'll, it just wouldn't be worth it. But the very people that reneged on, you know, they were telling me they wanted to get together. They wanted to do things and they were local. So when I put it out there, the same people that can post I'm getting a wheelchair. Uh, I'm not breathing. I'm sick. Don't call me. You know, it, they have the time to post 
poems about their misery and this, that, and the other. And each person deals with mm-hmm. their own thing. But when I throw it out there, hey, would you be willing to go or sit in the sauna or or do this? They nobody jumps at it. And mm-hmm. it's 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 like you said, like I said, it could be the company. Maybe that's what they're not jumping at. Can't but be the company. It, it, I don't know. We'll ask. <laughs> but it's like you said that some people they they and some people will use their illness as a crutch mm-hmm. and it's easier to just stay in the bed and not worry about improving and i do admit that those days happen to me quite a bit more than i would like them to be but i feel like you you have to you just have to tell yourself that it, it I mean it, I, I just don't know what to do because if not I would just lay in bed and I'd never get up I wouldn't need mm-hmm. a shower I wouldn't you know I don't care if I don't smell me what does it matter if, you know <laughs> it's so it's so easy it really is to just say to hell with it I can't do it anymore mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna lie in the bed and not worry about it it's also very hard to do that when you in the back of your mind, mentally, you're like, I, I want to, mm-hmm. I want to, but I can't. So it's, it's not always just the easiest thing to do just to give up and lie down, but right. I pretty much just, I don't know. I, I, it mentally just wears you down. Wallowings. And- I mean, wallowings a part of it, you know, you have to wallow. Um, it's just a given, you know, because you get so depressed, you get so discouraged. But, you know, the one important thing that we both have to mention is that we have wonderful support systems in our spouses and you have your son. And, you know, we're both blessed. Not everyone, you know, is lucky to have a, a spouse, but, you know, if you don't have a spouse, I mean, it's so important to have somebody in your life that can help you. And, you know, I don't know. It's just huge. I mean, I don't know what I would have done with without my husband, John. Um, he put up with a lot. It was really, you know, as painful and frustrating for him to see me as it was for me to go through what I went through. Um, And then, you know, when I had to go upstairs every night on my butt after I couldn't wait there for two months, um, you know, I would go upstairs on my butt and then he would have to, you know, help pull me up. I mean, he, you know, it's just amazing, you know, but that having a support system is so important, a friend or somebody. Um, And, you know, it's important too, because if you don't, if you can't advocate for yourself, hopefully you have somebody in your life that can be your spokesperson, be your cheerleader. Um, It's just important. I can't imagine, you know, going through what I went through by myself. I'd probably still be wallowing. Um, It's important. You have to, you have to have somebody uh, in your life to help no, it's, and, and that's, that's, you know, that's like what scares me. And I think sometimes that's what uh, does set me back a little bit 
is that when you carry the weight of everything on your shoulders and then the weight of stuff that you literally have no control over, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it scares me and it bothers me, but you can't feel guilty when there is a person that, that doesn't have that support system. That that's mm-hmm. another thing too, that, that we should point out is because you're talking about posting and how it can affect people. There are several people, at least with, with the EDS that when somebody talks about how they got up and they went on a hike or they went and did this and they went and did that. There are people that get upset because they're still mm-hmm. in the bed and they can't do that. Right. And they're, you know, negating the days that that person was in the bed before they were able to get up and do that hike mm-hmm. kind of thing. It can be just as hard on the psyche. Right. Right. Yeah, I see that a lot, too. I see that a lot, too. People, you know, people begrudge people for their activity or, you know, it's jealousy. Um, But, you know, for some people, I mean, it's not, you know, I'm not going to climb Mount Everest. um, But if I go, you know, walk from here to the mailbox and, you know, you're having a bad day or you're achy, I mean, that's just as much of an accomplishment as climbing a mountain. So you have to, you have to equate little things and compare that for somebody else's big thing. True. True. Uh, my neighbor, I just happened to talk to her the other day, her daughter, uh, Wyland's first babysitter is having her baby. And so we were you know, chatting for a minute and I don't get to see her as often. And she said, Oh no, we were just happy to see that you were up. We saw you, you know, cause they can watch us from across the street and they're like, Oh yeah, we saw that you were out. That's great. We're happy that you were up. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize, Hey, you know what? I should be happy. That's right. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm wearing a neck brace today, I'm physically up. Right. Something. So yeah, I had to learn to be proud of myself for this uh, painting my toenails. Because that's a scary thing. Well, I've been that way. <laughs> well, things, you know, so little things that I don't want to say took for granted, but because you, you never think that, you know, things like painting your toenails, being able to breathe, being able to reach for something on the top shelf, being able to mm-hmm. pick up a gallon of milk would be things that you would think. Why in the world would I lose those abilities to do those things? And then you do it, it, I don't feel like it's taking it for granted. It's just things in life that you just didn't expect to happen. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, okay, what do I do? Well, you have really seemed, where are you as far as you're doing the Botox? Mm-hmm. Um, and now I, the only time I did it for my hyperhidrosis and it, it stopped the, the horrible sweating that I had in my armpits, which I absolutely hated. How does it help you with the dry eyes or is it helping you with your eyelids staying open? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't, I've not had any issues. Um, and when I first got, after I got my first shots, you know, it was so, it was so bizarre for me. Um, and I even went back to the doctor like a week later because I was like, uh, you know, this can't be happening. It's like, you know, it was magic. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's working. It's doing, you know, I'm doing great and got my life back and it's awesome. Man, where did they do the injections? Um, so I, because I was squinting all the time, um, I get them in the forehead. I get them, um, in my eyelids and beside my eye and, um, both my eyes and under my eye. Um, yeah. So it, so, so you have this, you have this condition, but now you get the Botox. Does that help you cosmetically as well? Um, it does, but <laughs> I'm not thinking about that part. No, I'm not but, thinking about, no. you know, it's a, it's a little extra bonus that um, I don't have any wrinkles or 11 lines on my forehead um, okay. and the insurance pays for it because it's considered medical necessity. So thank God for that. No, that's, um, that's how we talked about like the fascia blasters. Like I got into it for pain relief. I didn't know that it would help with the 11s and everything else. That's a bonus for me. So no, you always got to find the positive. I'm happy for you. I think that's wonderful. I mean, it's a it's a, a long way. It's a long way to go from to make yourself look younger, Bobby. I tell you, you'll thing, <laughs> won't you? Come up with that illness just to get Botox. Oh. Well, you know, I, I laugh because you know there's a there's a lot of commercials running on people. I mean, perfectly beautiful women, a hand, a handsome guy. I'm like, what the heck, you know? And they're whining about, oh, these little lines oh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. and they get Botox. And I'm like, it does, folks, it does not last forever. You do not get Botox injections. Mine, you know, I can go three months, but I have to get them every three months. They don't last forever. It does wear off. The commercials are misleading. Yeah. Um, I don't even see the improvement that these people think that they have. I, I don't see it. Um, so it just makes me laugh, you know, when the commercials come on, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, how misleading is this that, you know, you get these shots and you're going to suddenly be beautiful and it's going to last forever. It is very expensive. Um, my round of shots is $1,500 and it's every three months, but medical necessity, um, it, it is paid for, but it will not be paid for by your insurance company because it's considered cosmetic if you're doing it for your lines and wrinkles. So exactly. That's, I, I, I mean, and they also, it's not something that is for the faint of heart. I, I think it was, I lost count. I want to say it was at least 15 and I think it was more injections on each armpit that had to go in. Ouch. Yeah. It's just that area. So that's why I was wondering how they did it for your eyes. Cause I knew it took like, I know it was, I'm going 15. I want to say it was 25, but in that one area, that's not pleasant. And that's not something that you would be going to do. Just like when I'm going for my fascial remodeling sessions, it's not pleasant. But we mm -hmm. wouldn't be doing it and putting ourselves through this experience if it didn't work. Right. And the end just has to justify the means. Very. And it does. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. You, you might not, you know, you have to go to a doctor to get these shots and this, that, and the other. And yes, you have to go every three months. But you know what? You have to muster up the wherewithal to get up get out of bed, make yourself go do it. This is your life, but you have found a way 
to manage your illness. You did it through advocating for yourself. And I, I think you've shared a wonderful message today. And I hope so. I, I really hope individuals will take away a little bit, at least a little bit of your fight. Because <laughs> you've, you've got it. I, I mean, it, it broke my heart when I found out you were having to tape your eyelids. Yeah. I mean, so you could see. I mean, mm -hmm. that that right there is is such a scary thing. And you never once showed negative negative ne negativity. You were never once negative. <laughs> and you you just you just have this air about you and I just think it's wonderful and it's it's infectious and I thank you. You know, you sharing the time with me is there anything you would like to say before we go you know carol Burnett would tug on her ear <laughs> would like to say um i just hope that people you know i shared a lot um but you know i just hope that people take away from our conversation to really think um you know, the next time you go to the doctor, if something's bothering you, if something's not right, if you've gone to the doctor for something and it's not getting better, getting worse, I mean, just communicate. It's just, you know, it's not, it's not being aggressive. It's not being perseverant. Just communicate in your life and you'll see a huge difference. Outstanding. Bobby Saponsky, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for sharing. Thank Hope you'll you. come back and visit us. I will. Excellent. Bobby Saponsky, thank you for stopping by. Everybody, we'll catch you tomorrow. Christy Lynn Hanshi, thank you for being here. Have a lovely day. It's AWOL Zebra. Have a lovely day. Oh, that was fun. That was so much fun. Oh, yeah. That was great. I just, you know, I don't want to, you know, talk about perception. I mean, it, you know, you share your experiences, but I just hope people don't take away I don't know, something negative. You know how people can take something positive <laughs> and turn it into something negative? You know, and I, I just hope I gave enough examples of, you know, how important it is for people to, to fight.